Hello and welcome back. I am Dr. Diane Craig and this is Too Soon to Stop, the How to Reinvent Yourself channel. I am really happy to be with you today. I hope you are enjoying the episodes and learning a lot. Please feel free to comment on topics you would like to have discussed in the future. Today, I want to tell you about encounters that I have had multiple times during my career as an emergency room doctor. Scenario, I walk in the patient's room in the emergency department and introduce myself. Hi, I'm Dr. Craig and I'm here to help you today. What brings you to the emergency department? The patient incredulously looks up at me and says, you, you're the doctor? Now, if I were to confront this patient and tell them that they are racist and sexist, which is exactly what I'm thinking, they would immediately become defensive. They would complain to management that I called them a racist while minimizing their responsibility behind why I said what I said in the first place. They would say things such as, I didn't understand, or I was just asking a question. Their insulting tone and expression of disgust would be left out of their complaint. They would make it a point to criticize every little nuance about me, including the angry look on my face for being spoken to in such a disrespectful manner, to interpreting my response to their question as rude. Fortunately, I work with an understanding organization that knows that racism and sexism is alive and well, and am able to explain my side of the story. Anyway, when I encounter a patient like this, I simply answer, yes, I am the doctor. Usually they are no longer able to maintain eye contact with me as they know they are wrong. I still use my years of experience to tell them what they need to know and help them in any way I can and then move on to the next patient. Anyway, the point of this episode is to bring out the fact that a person's gender or race does not determine competence, even though there are many people that try to make it that way. People frequently use race and gender to scrutinize competence. This question was even raised regarding our first lady, Dr. Jill Biden. There was a recent article referencing that she is not an MD and should not be referred to as a doctor. The fact that she is not an MD is irrelevant. I really think the author of the article has gender bias and did not want to call her doctor at all, no matter what initials are behind her name. Unfortunately, he has plenty of company. She certainly has earned her credentials and is obviously dedicated to her job at Northern Virginia Community College. It has been reported that she would travel back and forth from the White House to her job twice a month while working along her peers, just like everyone else, when she was the second lady. No fanfare. Even the Secret Service agents were asked to dress in an inconspicuous way so that they would blend in with the collegiate atmosphere. She even took it so far as to answer questions if she was asked, if she was related to Joe Biden with this answer, I am a relative of his. Why would she do this when many people would not? 
obviously she is dedicated to her career, which she sees as a mission to make a difference in her students' lives. She did not want the focus to be about her, but about her students. Her beloved students even called her Dr. B as they learned from this talented educator. Michelle Obama has even been quoted to say that Jill Biden was frequently seen grading her students' papers while working as the second lady. Now that's dedication. Her actions are a testament of her personal integrity and work ethic. She certainly has my deep respect and admiration. Speaking of which, why are we here? Why do we do this? We know we are going to run up against people who think of us as less than because of our gender and or our race. This is also true of mature people who want to continue to make a difference in the world. Society feels that you should step aside and make rooms for others. But no, you have no desire to sit on the sidelines and be a spectator, but a participant. Realizing there is a deep burning desire to keep going can either be extinguished by society's expectations or fueled by your own worth ethic and deep desire to make a difference. I, like many others, desire to make a difference. This is why it is so important that we express our desire and dreams with people that are like-minded. There are plenty of people out there that want to be mediocre. It takes courage to make a dream a reality. It goes against the grain most of the time. People think of you as odd. There are plenty of people that will tell you, hey, just take it easy. Meanwhile, your unquenchable inner desire to make a difference keeps burning inside you day after day. You can choose to ignore it or fuel it with actions such as learning, reading, praying, and implementing. So why do I still do this? I can only speak for myself. I know that I want to make a difference and am able to help people. I love medicine and am fascinated by how the human body works. God's genius in putting this amazing creation together never ceases to amaze me, especially when someone comes into the emergency department near death and with a few medications and time, they turn around and sit up and start talking. Amazing and incredibly rewarding. I would be missing out on living a quality and fulfilling life if I simply wanted to sit on the sidelines and be a spectator. I definitely choose to be a participant. Sometimes people even ask me if they have to call me doctor. I tell them that I prefer to be addressed by my title at work because I have worked very hard for it. Furthermore, people still expect me to perform as a doctor. What's more, if anything goes wrong, I will be blamed as the doctor that messed up, be it real or simply the way things are interpreted. At any rate, the buck most certainly stops here. Reality is, even after 37 years in medicine, while we have made much progress, we still have a long way to go in accepting people for what they are bringing to the table and simply not judge people on their appearance or our preconceived notions. People bring their own prejudices and misgivings. Their perception really has very little to do with me, 
but the way they see the world. They have their own thoughts and experiences that have shaped them into the person that they are today. While it is easy to try to see me as a problem, in actuality, they have the problem. So many years, I had internalized this and made it my issue when it really is their issue. It is so important that this is acknowledged and spoken about openly. It is the only way we are going to heal and move forward. Sweeping things under the rug and pretending that things are okay is not the answer. All we can do is continue to work towards excellence and let our work and lives speak for themselves. People may stand in judgment, but when they see a job well done and a life well lived, they are silenced. So let's continue to strive for excellence. Work hard, get help when you need it from the right source and stay focused. Things will get difficult. This is why it is so important to have a solid infrastructure. Fill up your cup first, then use the overflow to help others. Spiritual foundation is so important. I get up every morning and listen to a spiritual lesson while I'm getting ready for my day. It helps me get the start that I need to move forward. With an overflowing cup, I am then ready for action. We recently celebrated Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. He would have been 92 years old had he lived today. An excerpt from his I Have a Dream speech seems quite fitting to end this episode. Martin Luther King says, people will be judged not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. It is so important to set a great personal example. Your character content is closely being watched by others, especially young people. People definitely watch what you do and pay less attention to what you say. Let's strive to be a great personal example. It will most certainly help with your credibility. Martin Luther King's speech ends with the words, free at last. He talks about the jangling discords of our nation becoming a beautiful symphony by working together. Truth be told, unless all of us are free, none of us are free. There's plenty to go around for everyone. There will be disagreements in democracy, and that's okay. However, there is never a valid reason for disrespect. There's no need for the kiddo reference in the aforementioned article. Kiddo? Seriously, are you kidding me? What is lacking are skills that pay well and quality education in order for people to succeed and move on. This is what it takes and makes all the difference in many, many cases. Possession and having know-how. Treating each other with respect and walking in our truths with integrity. There is no need for shaming or discord because we disagree with someone. Instead, we need the know-how on how to do things and get things done that society has a need and demand for. This is why it's so important not to ever give up. Except that we all have to work hard and smart in order to be successful. 
The world owes you nothing. It is a privilege to be here. We are not entitled just because we are here. While you may have a sympathetic ear on your struggles, it is imperative that you continue the struggle. It is a decision to thrive and not to simply survive. Continue to pursue your dreams. Always stay curious and watchful on how you can meet an unmet need that will make the world a better place for all of us. Fear and greedily trying to keep it at the exclusion of others is a mistake that has kept us in a struggle for centuries and will unfortunately continue to do so unless we have a major reset. Will you help with the reset? Till next time, praying for your success and wishing you the very best.